beat them down to the ground or curse them out in the street and things like that. It was called disciplining and keeping your children in line. And so I experienced a lot of that from my mom. She was my primary abuser. Um, my father, I always say that he abused me as well, but it was because of the neglect. He didn't step in. Hi, Thomas Olson, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast. Her share stories, tips, and specific strategies on how you as a teenage kid can overcome any adversity in your life so you can make the impact you're put on this earth to do. So whether you're going through anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, problems in your relationships, at home, you're being bullied, I interview people from all around the world on how they overcame their struggles and how you can too. If you haven't done so already, uh, there's a link in the description and I provide a free ebook. It's only 20 pages long. And I really break down 52 things I wish I, someone taught me in high school. And these are things from relationships, your health, your finances, your career. So go check it out. It's free. It should take 30 minutes to an hour to read. and can completely change your life. If you have a friend, a classmate, or a family member who's in this funk, Share the Teenage Impact Podcast with them because it's the best podcast out there for any teenager to listen to to overcome their struggles in life. Today's podcast guest is Lady Michelle Austin. I met Lady Michelle in a Toastmasters meeting when I first moved to Philadelphia about a couple of months ago. We actually grabbed some coffee at Starbucks and we noticed we had a lot of synergy. We had a lot of the same goals. She is the founder of heal and rebuild. She is both an adult and child abuse survivor. She helps other people who have been abused by parents, by their spouses, by the loved ones who are in toxic relationships and helps them overcome those challenges and remove, remove themselves from that situation. So give it up for Lady Michelle Austin as we talk about how you can remove yourself from a toxic environment like an abusive household or relationship. So give it up for Lady Michelle. I have Lady Michelle with me. How are you? I'm good. How are you tonight? Good, good. Uh, so you are an adult uh, abuse survivor, um, especially in your childhood. So can you go a little bit deeper into that? Yeah, so I endured a lot of my abuse as a child. And I know that when we think about uh, domestic violence, we think about family violence, we think about it in the adult, when you become an adult. But I experienced it as a child. And uh, the problem was, is no one helped. No one intervened. And um, I believe it had a lot to do with the fact that it was the 70s. Well, I was born in the late 60s, but the 70s is when it really started. And everybody was more concerned about disciplining your children. It wasn't considered abuse if you, you know, beat them down to the ground or curse them out in the street and things like that. It was called disciplining and keeping your children in line. And so I experienced a lot of that from my mom. She was my primary abuser. Um, my father, I always say that he abused me as well, but it was because of the neglect. He didn't step in. It wasn't that he did anything to me. He never hit me. He never said anything bad to me, but he did not do anything, and he knew what was going on. I experienced a lot of it, but I did not look like I was being abused. 
my home was very clean, had all of my shots. These are the things that we think about when we see you know, mm -hmm. child abuse. I did very well in school, very clean, very mannerable, but behind closed doors, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of verbal abuse. There was a lot of emotional abuse. There was a lot of physical abuse. And so um, that is how my childhood went. <laughs> but I always tell people, my mom, she was a, a great provider. So that's what people saw. They saw that she took care of me very well. And she did. Okay. Is, is, is there like a way to see if someone is being abused? Are there signs? Yeah. So the signs are, it sounds a little crazy, but they're clingy to the parent. They're clingy to the person that's really, you know, doing something to them because they, mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with the Stockholm syndrome as well. But you can see signs of abuse. You can see, you know, how they're, how they're growing. How are they, um, are they secluded? Do they, you know, kind of like introverted, marks there are marks on children but you know what happens oh they fell oh they you know ran into the door the same things that happen mm -hmm. when you become an adult and you're being abused those things happen as a child as well you know broken bones you know cigarette marks where people are putting their cigarettes out on children and um things like that how does that child act really pay attention to how they're acting around these different adults mm -hmm. And how did you escape the situation? So I never really escaped it. Mm -hmm. And because when you think about it, I, I mean, I'm a child. It's my parent. How do you escape your parent? And whereas right now, today, you can tell other adults what's going on. And, you know, they may or may not help you. As I stated earlier, it was in a time when discipline, this was looked at as discipline. And <laughs> my mom being the, you know, tough person that she was, when people would step in, she would pretty much beat them down to the ground too. So I had a couple of adults who stepped in. The sad part about it is she would beat you up for stepping in and then beat me up more to show you that she could control everybody in the room. And so I began to start telling people, don't, don't intervene. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. I can handle it. I can, I got this. So I dealt with that until it was time to, to, you know, leave the home. I did run away once, but it's the same thing. Like when you're an adult and you're going through abuse, the, the world outside of that home wasn't better for me than in, in terms of, you know, she gave me everything I needed, everything I wanted. She provided the great home. And so I eventually went back because I went to go live with my dad and he couldn't really provide for me like my mom was. So, um, you know, I ended up going back to that abuse. And how did you deal with it at that time? <sighs> how did I deal with it? Because <laughs> um, you, you help a lot of people with abuse you have your own nonprofit organization here we build so what do you tell the other women and girls on how they can deal with it so you know what i do is now i'm able to do things that i didn't know how to do back then so mm -hmm. i'm able to 
help women by telling them, you know, first of all, face what's going on. Because a lot of times we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to face it. We don't want to, you know, say this has happened to me and we think it's our fault. So we don't want to really look in that mirror. We blame ourselves. We feel shame. So I tell them, face it. Understand that you did nothing wrong. The person who's abusing you is the person who did something wrong. So, you know, be okay in that moment that you are feeling, okay, I'm feeling a little bad, but own it and, and move on. I tell them definitely seek professional help. That was the best thing that I could have ever done. I wish I would have known that when I was younger, but I didn't. Um, but once I became, and I'm not even going to say became an adult, it took years down the road. But once I did that, I was able to go back in time, figure out what happened to me, why it happened to me, and how I can move on with my life. Because when that trauma hits you, you're going to have those triggers. You're going to have things happen and come up at the craziest times. You have to know how to deal with that. And mm -hmm. so seeking professional help, going to support groups, that helped me so much. It helped me so much that I started my own support group for families of victims of abuse. Are there, are there child support groups out there? You know, it is. And you have to search around. Depends on what city you live in, what state you live in, all those different things. But you have to go through the system. And the problem is the system does not help us the right way. Unfortunately, you know, children, and this is what makes people not want to tell anybody what's going on with them. You know, you have some children that may tell that it happened and then they get put in foster care and then the foster parents abuse them and things like that. So, you know, or the, 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 when they got to go to court and all of those things, we have to get those things in place that can help so that you feel comfortable mm -hmm. telling someone what has happened to you. Mm -hmm. you know, so. And how did it affect your confidence and self-esteem while you're a child growing up? <laughs> <to be adult? laughs> so my self-esteem was mm -hmm. on zero growing up. The problem with that is no one ever wants to say they have low self-esteem. That's like taboo. Mm-hmm. But you have it. You know how you know you have it? Because you keep getting into bad relationship after bad relationship, knowing that abuse is there. You don't mm -hmm. know your self-worth. You don't know your value. You don't, you know, you don't, you think that this is all you deserve. And so I kept doing that. Um, I went from one bad relationship to a next, even got into some bad friendships because abuse comes in all types of forms. It's not mm -hmm. just your you know, lover or your parent, it's friends, it's uh, family members, it can be spirituals, it can be in the church, it can be all over. So I was doing those type of things. And then I started abusing myself, because I didn't know my self worth. Mm -hmm. And so I did that by, you know, um, I wasn't going to do alcohol, because my parents did alcohol. So I was going to be better than them, right? So I did pills that's not better. It's still a substance abuse and you're abusing yourself. But that was what happened because I had that low self-esteem. I didn't think highly of myself, mm -hmm. but on the outside, I looked like that because when I was being abused, my mom dressed me nice. I always had designer clothes on. I always had all kinds of things going on. I thought, 
that's the image that you still have to keep up, right? You still have to wear that mask. And that's what I did. But my self-esteem was on zero during that whole time. And I can totally relate on, on some level because, you know, I was bullied for 15 years. And, you know, people mm-hmm. always uh, picked on me for whatever reason they can think of, for all sorts of different reasons. And growing up, I always thought, okay, I can't speak in public. I can't um, yeah. talk to any girls. I can't uh, give a presentation. I can't be a leader. And, you know, at a certain point, you have to kind of have a talk with yourself and say, you know what? I'm capable of doing it. You read a book or yes. you watch some motivational video and you're like, hmm. You know, maybe my self-worth <laughs> is um, high, but it takes a while yeah. to get there. But how yes. did you eventually increase your self-worth and your confidence? Oh, uh, believing in yourself. Like you, you just said it, listening to some other motivational people, being around positive people. Do not surround yourself with negative people. Now, if you're going to like a support group or something like that, you're going to have people who went through um, trauma as well, like you. So I'm not saying uh, being a judgment seat. However, I am saying in that group, there should be things that you all are doing to try to make yourselves better and, and, and make your situation better and learn how to cope. So you want to be around people like that. You definitely, again, like I said, you definitely want to have professional help. I know we shun in the, um, uh, African-American community and other some other cultures, we shun therapy, but it's the best thing. So I certainly um, tell everybody to make sure that they do that. Uh, exercising, self-care. Self-care is the best. Because when you're being abused, you don't take care of yourself. You don't eat right. You don't sleep right. You're, you're, you're nervous. Your anxiety level is on a thousand at mm-hmm. all times. So just little things like that. Sometimes I take a walk. Sometimes I come in the home and I may just, um, be real quiet, light a candle and just have that moment, that me time, you know, I, I noticed that I was very introverted. Now, I don't know if I was going to already be introverted, but I know that the abuse had a lot to do with it, where I would pull back a lot. Mm-hmm. And it has taken a lot of time for me to even get to a place where I can speak in public. No, still, I'm still introverted. And I still... I mentioned you know, you a Toastmaster, so... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm up there, you, you think I know what I'm doing, right? When I was uh-huh. up at the Toastmasters. <laughs> I'm totally out of my element when I'm doing that, but I know that I need to keep doing that to uh-huh. get better, to be better at what I do. And then I have to speak to others. Now, afterwards, I want to come home and I want to like be in the dark. But was there like a turning point where you said, you know, I need help or what was the process like? You was know, there any um, moments that you can think of which was kind of life-turning moments for you yeah well I had two daughters and my Uh daughters were growing up they were growing up quickly and I didn't want them to go through the things that I had went through so I knew that I definitely wanted to find some kind of way to help them to not have to go through that 
And by helping them, I had to help myself because I wasn't my best mother if I was still in that place, in that space. I wasn't being a nurturing mom if I was still in that space. And um, so I knew I had to do something about it. I would sit in church and I would see some of the ladies and I could recognize what they were had experienced. You can see some things on their face if you already know these things and you can Mm -hmm. see, you know, just maybe how they how they present themselves, like everything is okay, but it's not really. You can kind of see through that. And I said, you know, I want to help these women because I know where, they, where they've been. I know what they've gone through. And so I looked into getting certified, certified as a domestic violence um, counselor. And so I went and I got the, the training and to learn how to be on the hotline and um, talk to the people. It was just awesome. I loved doing it. I loved giving back. And I knew I wanted to start my own organization so that I can do that, so that I can give back. So your inspiration behind Heal and Rebuild and you overcoming your challenges was basically your two daughters. Yeah. Yep. And now I have grandchildren as well. Ah. (laughs) So definitely want to break that generational curse, Mm -hmm. that cycle. Um, because my parents dealt with abuse, my grandparents dealt with abuse, and so I definitely wanted to mm-hmm. break the cycle. And what do you do with the woman when they come to you in your organization? Oh, so we we have a support group that we do once a month. I love the support group. It's called Courageous Conversations, and we, I help them. I walk them through the process. We have things such as learning how to forgive, things that talk about our self worth, uh, learning how to look in the mirror again. We talk about the baggage that we carry with us, and so we have so many wonderful uh, things that we talk about every month. We have speakers that come in sometimes, and sometimes the ladies will do the sessions themselves. Mm-hmm. I have a board of directors. We. Uh, we do different events and things that we can do to raise money to help the ladies. Because when you leave, sometimes you're leaving with nothing. Sometimes you're leaving with just the clothes on your back. And it's okay to tell the women, you know, about domestic violence and about, about toxic relationships and make them aware. And then once they become aware, sometimes they want to leave. Once they leave, we want to be able to help. We want to be more than just talk. And so we sometimes give them money for, they may need food vouchers. They may need, you know, something to get clothes and things like that. So we help them out in that kind of way. And we just give them information, make sure we definitely give them resources. I try to make different connections with different people in other organizations so that we can send them. Maybe we can't help you, but we can send you over to this other organization that has uh, the means to help you. Is there any national organizations that you can look up or maybe books or videos for you to watch on this topic? Yes. Well, you can, you can get my book, which is pieces (laughs) of me. I actually wrote a book about my journey through domestic violence. You can get that book, but they have so many resources out here. And then we have different organizations um, that you can go online. Of course, there's the national domestic violence uh, hotline and they're 24 hours a day seven days a week and so there is never a moment when you can't get the help that you need mm-hmm. um, everything is uh, confidential 
And, and that's one thing I want to say about my courageous conversations and even my organization. Everything is confidential. We do not disclose your information to anyone. I don't care if I'm talking to a mother, a daughter, and I know her mother, she doesn't get any of the information. And so I just want people to be aware of that. The confidentiality is very, very, very important to me. I was going to say, I can remember one time when I was married and I called the police on my husband and, well, my ex-husband at this point, and they told him that I called the police on him when they got there. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I'm really, 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 really big on confidentiality. But you would recommend anyone who's being abused, whether it's an adult or a child, to seek professional help. First things first. Yes. Okay. I would recommend that. Seek professional help. And I always tell people also, and we teach this too at my organization about safety planning. Every situation does not, people just can't get up and leave right away. Mm-hmm. I, I want people to understand that. And it's not always safe. You know, you can't, when a woman is trying to leave that relationship, she's at her highest risk of being killed. And so we want to make sure that she knows about safety planning until she can get away because sometimes it takes that. What is safety planning? So safety planning is a whole bunch of different things. It depends on your situation, but we want to make sure that you have all of your um, documents Um, sometimes you will have the uh, abuser will keep those kind of things like the children's birth certificates, your social security cards, things like that. So you may want to take that to a family member's home or, you know, keep a little suitcase in your car or something like that in the trunk that has all of the personal things that you're going to need when you leave. It's also not going in the house telling him, I just found out that, you know, you're abusing me. I'm tired of this. I'm leaving you. Mm -hmm. Definitely not doing that. Um, It's teaching your children safe words when something is happening. You teach them what's the word. You can say that safe word. They know that, you know, go hide or go to a a friend or family or neighbor or something like that. That's safety. Teaching your children not to jump into it because sometimes they get um, hurt. So just different, uh, Um, things that you can do but it depends on the situation so everybody's situation is different everybody's home is run differently and i also heard um from somewhere that you know obviously as a child or as a teen you can't financially support yourself and there's a lot of people out there especially nowadays with online media um, making money is still hard but it's never been easier in the last you know 20 30 years Oops, you there? Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 a lot easier to make money. Uh, I've interviewed a lot of teens who make money online than just selling stuff or having a brand online. So, would you recommend that for a teen to kind of for them to get some financial security for the safety plan? Oh yeah, you can. There again, like I said. It depends on your situation, your home, because you got to remember, depending on who the abuser is in the home, is it safe for you to do it? Is, you know, is it something that you have to hide from them? Or if they know you're trying to get money so that you can eventually leave them or, you know, be out on your own, they're not going to just 
happily let you do it. So Mm -hmm. you have to figure out a creative way to do things. It depends on, again, I would recommend also seeking um, help for that as well. So when you call these different hotlines, when you call, if if you came to my organization, like, once you tell us everything that's going on, then we create a safety plan based on what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would, I would suggest. Awesome. I would definitely never suggest that. Let them know what's going on. And do you have any last tips for anyone who's being abused, either verbally, physically, mentally, whatever, either by the family, by the teachers, by the friends, by their spouse? What would you tell them? Oh, I have so many things here. Um, There were so many things I wanted to talk about. Definitely your safety is important. Your peace of mind is important. Your health is important. If someone is abusing you, you don't need to be there. Now you have to figure out what's best for you, but do not stay in any type of abusive situation. Now you have to figure out how you can get out of it and in order to stay safe but please do not stay somewhere where you're being physically emotionally financially abused all of those different things it's not good for you i know that sometimes the system may not quite help you the way that you need to be helped then you keep trying somewhere and and to get to someone until you can figure out um, a good way to do it definitely Make sure you get some kind of help, some kind of professional help. Definitely take care of you. That's the only thing I can say is take care of you. And what that looks like for you, you have to decide that. But there are so many agencies out here now. There are so many places where you can get help. You don't have to stay there anymore. When we were in the 60s and the 70s and all of those things, we had to stay because we didn't have anything else to do. We didn't have anywhere else to go. But Mm -hmm. now you have so much out here that you don't have to. You you have somebody that can help you with, you know, cyberbullying and there's so many other things. We didn't even get a chance to talk about that. The technology abuse now that's out here. You have ways to to get through that you don't have to go through that trauma you don't have to experience that it's going to it has happened to you but you don't have to stay there there are ways that we can help you to get out of and it's important what you said is you have to look after yourself you know many times someone who is being abused feel like they feel guilty for asking for help and i'm talking about that person or putting them under the bus and they feel some kind of shame and guilt but in reality you have to look after yourself first. You do. And you know what? There are going to be people out here who are going to judge you. They're going to do it. You're going to, it's going to be people out here who are going to say, oh, I wouldn't let somebody treat me like that. Oh, I can't believe mm-hmm. you let him take your money or whatever. Or when it's a child going through it. First of all, when it's a child going through it, they have no control over what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. These are adults who are doing this to them. So we have to stop shaming them and blaming them. You have a lot of young people who live on the streets because they don't want to stay in this abusive home and, and they don't have anybody to help them. So we have to try to help them in some type of way. Now, what that looks like for you, you know, 
you may want to start a shelter you may want to start an organization you whatever way you feel like you want to help or if you see someone on the streets a teenager and you know them well, see everybody doesn't really tell you what's happening to them but if you know that it's happening to them you know don't look down on them try to help them if it's an adult people are going to judge you no matter what i know i've heard it so many times you don't know why that person has stayed there. You don't know why that person continues to allow that to happen. Just try to, just try to help them through it. Just try to be there for them. Just try to listen to them. Just try to direct them into the right path that they need mm-hmm. to go to. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't know about Heal and Rebuild, but you know about Heal and Rebuild. So you can send them to Heal and Rebuild to get the information that they need. Some people don't even know they're being abused because this is how they grew up and they think that this is normal. Absolutely, yeah. So you can't <laughs> just judge them because they're going through something. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's messy. It, it can be messy. <laughs> it can be very messy. I can see that. And uh, Lady Michelle, where can people find you and where can they purchase your book? You can find us www.healandrebuild.com it's all one word and so that's h-e-a-l-a-n-d-r-e-b-u-i-l-d so all one word and i'll also and, include uh it's also in the description so i'll also include it in the description thank you yes and you can actually purchase the book there you can um request to have me come speak at any of your events. I go to, I do workshops, seminars, um, different events that you may need uh, me to come, come and talk to your teens, your uh, adults, parents, you know, whoever may need to hear it. Churches, I go to churches, I talk to them as well. And you can find me on social media, which of course he's going to put that in the description, but I'm on, um, Instagram and Facebook. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for doing this. You know, I think we met my first couple of weeks of being in Philadelphia and uh, <laughs> yes, in the built yes. a friendship. And so appreciate you being on my podcast now. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. There are two takeaways from interviewing Lady Michelle Austin. First takeaway is you need to seek professional help. Seems so basic, but a lot of people are afraid to seek out help because they are afraid of someone who's abusing them, what they think or what they would do to them. And when you seek out professional help, there's a lot of resources. There's a lot of hotlines out there where you can actually go and talk to them. These people are certified in helping you get out a certain situation, which leads to the second takeaway. Have a specific plan in place for you to escape. After you discuss the necessary uh, necessary things you need to do with the people you're seeking out to, have a plan in place. Uh, make sure you gather professional documents. Make sure you have somewhere to stay. Make sure that you have, if you're in the legal age, a certain stream of income that's coming in. So have a specific plan in place and make sure you have a place to stay where that person who has been abusing you can, can, cannot find you because that puts you at risk. So uh, seek professional help and someone that can help you create a detailed plan that's going to get you out safely. 
So thank you for listening to this episode with Lady Michelle Austin, the founder of Heal and Rebuild. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know. Please find me on Instagram at Shlomo Solson. You can see my personal side. You can see me, what I like to do. And you're going to see clips, different motivational clips and tips on how you can be more resilient and overcome your struggles in life. So until next time, peace.